something keeps me alive. Burn all my notebooks. What good are notebooks? Oh, you're singing, uh, I know what you're singing now. They won't help me survive. That's, uh, the Talking Heads, right? That's the Talking Heads. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I ain't fooling around. My chest is aching at it. Burns like a furnace. Mm, we should make that a. We should do a Talking Heads Deep Space Nine album. <laughs> well, we did last time. I called the yeah. last episode "Life During Water." Oh, that, oh, that's right. That's right. Only you and I got it. <laughs> this ain't no Cisco. This ain't no emissary. <laughs> there ain't no prophets around. <laughs> I like that. That's good. My chest is aching because there's a phaser hole in it. <laughs> Zial is down on the ground. Tamar has shot her. He freaking shot her. Gutu cat is cracking up. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You're Starfleet officers! Now start acting like it! Oh, it's just Garrick. Plain, simple, Garrick. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. And for Starfleet, one of our most important posts... Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to the Prophets, a Deep Space Nine podcast. And here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland, Paul Spataro, and Dr. Bill Robinson. Bloody hell. Welcome Benji. to Listen to the Prophets, where Andy interrupts me just as I'm starting to talk. I am J. David Weeder, watching Deep Space Nine with my friends, Andrew Leyland. <laughs> Dr. Bill Robinson? Uh, I, you know, I made some candles out of my body fat. <laughs> and following that up is Mr. Paul Spataro Esquire. Yes! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Why is that more disturbing than Bill's body fat? <laughs> well, I just, it came to mind when, uh, when Gene, Gene Hendricks asked if, if that actor, uh, I forget his name off the top of my head. Terry Thomas. Had ever been done, had ever done a scene with Terry Thomas. No, no, a different actor. Oh. I was going to say, how can you forget Terry Thomas? He's like, he's, he's a foundational part of this show now. No, this is an American actor. I don't recall his name. And he was on, he was yes. a regular. On, yeah, he was a regular on the Jack Benny show. And I Love Lucy, or no, not I Love Lucy. Oh, he wasn't a regular. Lucy, he, he was on the Lucy show he as well. He appeared frequently on, on well. many, many sitcoms, include, including the Flintstones. Was it something Nelson? Yeah, Frank Nelson. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, he would. You they, they they would always walk up and they would tap his shoulder and he turn tur- turn around. Usually he was like a desk clerk in a hotel or in an apartment store. Yes, well, aren't you special? Was that a church lady? <clears throat> kind of, and I guess in a way he was the early. You know, yeah, but he was very exaggerated and over the top. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and this time we've got a we've got an episode. I assume we don't have any Star Trek news in the last twenty minutes. Wait, I oh, gotta get you didn't my, hear? <laughs> I gotta get my I I gotta get my hula skirt and my flames. Ah! Yes. I don't know why I turned into Palpatine. Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> Poor Mr. Burns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have an episode. You are cordially invited. You're invited to the biggest event of the twenty fourth century. 
It's just your typical Klingon wedding, but Worf and Dax are not your typical bride and groom. On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. That's actually the title of the episode. You're not actually invited to the episode, but you can watch it if you want. This is episode seven of season six. It aired uh, on and around November 10th, 1997. Quick, Gene Hendricks, where were you? I thought he'll get back to us. <laughs> it was directed by David Livingston and written by Ronald... I presume? I presume, yeah. And Don't written by back. Ronald D. Moore. What does the D stand for? Do we know? Dumar. Dumar. There you go. <laughs> All right, so this episode, Commanders Worf and Jadzia Dax, that's not Worf Dax yet, plan their long-awaited wedding. Would it be Wax? Worf, son of, son of Moe, of the House Martok. <clears throat> Since Dax will be joining Worf's surrogate family, the House of Martok, she agrees to endure the traditional evaluation by the mistress of the house, Martok's wife, Cirella. Confident that she will be liked and accepted, because that always goes well, ask Goldicott, Dax is surprised <laughs> when she learns that a non-Klingon, that as a non-Klingon, pardon me, she will most certainly fail to gain Cirella's favor. Learning that Cirella disapproves of Dax, Worf asks Martok to intervene. Martok <laughs> refuses to get involved, but agrees to participate in the Kohaya, traditional Klingon, no. <laughs> traditional Klingon bachelor party. Captain Sisko, Chief O'Brien, Dr. Bashir, and Alexander, Worf's son, join them. But they are disappointed, that's a good word for it, when they learn that unlike what they imagined the Klingons' idea of a bachelor party to be, it's actually light on fun. Rather, it is heavy on ceremony, fasting, bloodletting, and various Klingon forms of torture. Marriage. That's why, that's why, yeah, that's why Bill's wearing a Mountain shirt. Love. Love. Dax endures her own form of Klingon torture as she struggles to please Sorella. When asked to recite the history of the House Martok, Dax completely forgets who she is and reveals her discovery that Sorella has no imperial blood and is descended from a concubine, which infu- infuriates Sorella. Wonder why. Think about what she just did, and we'll get back to that later. <clears throat> Dax throws herself a pre-wedding party, complete with a flame-eating Samoan dude. In the midst of the drinking debauchery and fire dance by Dax's Samoan friend, Lieutenant Manuel Atoa, Cirilla enters and demands Dax join her for a ritual. That's what they're calling it now. When Dax tells her to leave, Cirilla threatens to cancel the wedding. The confrontation ends with Cirilla declaring Dax an enemy, literally pulling a knife on her. The getting next, punched. Yeah. The next morning, Worf informs Dax that Sorella has forbidden her to join the House of Martok. So House of Martok is forbidden, just like Genesis Planet. <laughs> it's House Forbidden. Yeah. He asks her to beg Sorella's forgiveness, but Dax refuses to endure any further humiliation just so Worf can have a Klingon ceremony. Worf and Dax call off the wedding. Remember, she's doing this. We'll get to that. Martok convinces Worf to apologize to Dax, but she refuses to change her mind. Determined to see the lovers wed, Sisko goes to see Dax. She describes the indignities to which she has been subjected, reminding Sisko that, as Curzon Dax, and let's underline this part right here, she was a Federation ambassador to the Klingon Empire. Yet some of this seems to be a surprise to her. Sisko points out that even though she shares Curzon's memories, she is a new person, and that Sorella sees her only as a young woman who wants to marry into her family. Sisko states that Dax knew what she was getting into when she agreed to marry Worf, and she must honor the traditions of his people. Warmed by her deep love for Worf, Dax follows Sisko's advice, and they are married with Sorella's blessing. How deep is your love? How deep it, is your love? Jadzia was so out of character in this episode, it drove me crazy. I mean, massively out of character. I kind of see why... Hey, look, I, my wife was nuts before we got married, too. So, I mean, you know, I, I, send all hate mail to Dr. Bill. <clears throat> well, this is, I, this is just bad writing. This is just Yes, yes, it writing. is. And it's even pointed out in the episode she was an ambassador to Klingon. She would be aware of these traditions. She would have deeply studied these as Curzon, Dax. 
Yeah, so let oh, me tell I you don't that... know if she would have deeply studied it. I don't think Curzon Dax was a, a sit and read the book guy. Yeah, but I think he would have picked up enough, and he yeah, knows the general possible. the general disposition of Klingons is not to tell them they're descended from a prostitute. Exactly. Yeah, especially one who. You're... Oh, imperial blood? No, I don't think so. Whore? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Dax was just completely out. It ruined the whole episode for me. Not to mention that we fell into almost every sitcom wedding episode trope in this one. And to me, the entire episode is saved by seeing by seeing Morn chest bump with the Bolian. That's, that's all I needed. It didn't matter. Everything else is gravy as far as I'm concerned. I just loved it. I was cracking up laughing. I had to rewind it and watch it again. And then Morn, Morn and the Samoan Morn. wake up behind Jadzia's couch. I was gonna say they sne- he sneaks out with a drink in his hand. Yeah, him and the Samoan see, guy. See, the bit that made me laugh was Nog and Jadzi dancing. Oh, I oh, love that. How was that dance? I love that dance, and and they showed Nog doing that dance earlier by himself. And then everybody was doing it at that point. And I thought it was just you know every once in a while you have somebody who doesn't know how to dance, which could be me. Um, at a, at a wedding or whatever, and they try to dance anyway, and they have kind of like an awkward step, and that's the way I was interpreting Rom's moves. I mean, Nog's moves. Until Jadzia did it with him, and then I was thinking, oh, maybe it actually is like a, a designed dance. It's the meerkat dance. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I got a kick out of it anyway. I, just the same thing. And, and I, yes, I, I don't disagree with you that Jadzia is out of character in this episode. And yes, I don't disagree with you that this is a little bit of a a change, a very big change of pace after such an intense series of episodes that we had. But I think we had what was a fairly satisfactory ending to the prior run of episodes, and we needed kind of a palate cleanser. Now we, we, you know, unlike so many other times on this series where I felt like they they ratcheted it down inappropriately, I thought this was the right time to ratchet it down a little bit, and I had no problem with this. I I just thought this was a fun episode. Now I'm not sitting here saying this is you know a top of the line one of the best episodes of the series i'm not saying that at all but i'm saying i kind of enjoyed watching it which i don't think you guys did (laughs) no no when i went back into my uh second rewatch of it it was a little slow in the beginning but it picked up because i was thinking all right would i if i came in on this towards the beginning of it i'd be like oh god you know click next I would I would go right by it, but as I they got more into the the tension between the two of them um, between Jadzia and Zarella, I was like, yeah, I'll stick around for this. And when 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 they got into the Klingon bachelor party, although I didn't see Tom Hanks or a- Adrian Smed there, so I'm not sure what was going on. Yeah. I understand mm. that reference, but Adrian Smed. Adrian Smed was quite the hoofer. Yeah, quite the what? I mean, I know he was on a show called Hooker, but that's a bit much. I said Hoofer. Oh, right. Sorry. I believe you mean Dancer? Yes. Okay. Oh, I wasn't well, sure if I was getting that reference. <laughs> Hold Adrian Zemed close. He's a tiny dancer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this one was inconsequential, but mostly fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writing of the cliches of the marriage that gets called off, and then he's back on, and then he's off, all that was bullshit. And the stuff with Martok's wife, apart from her initial arrival, where she says, you are going grey, I will endeavour to die this year. All that was fun. <laughs> 
But I'm surprised O'Brien didn't at one point go to war. Yeah, all this happened to me as well. Because it was just very reminiscent of O'Brien's wedding episode. And the actors are clearly having fun with it. Some of the dialogue's very funny. And them all drooling over the Samoan fire dancer was really funny. And I did, I loved the slightly subversive element of not seeing Odo and Kira make up. I thought that was right, gen- just genuinely amusing. It's just they've spent all night talking to each other, but we don't get to see it. All that was really good. They're like two teenagers that they've been just hanging out, talking all night because they're just very relaxed, sitting there like, oh, hey, what's going on? Oh. That's yeah. exactly I'm- what it reminded me of. And I always, you know, how many times have we said that Odo is kind of like a, uh, like you know, a an, ad- an adolescent? So it, I thought that was really fitting. Because that's what was happening when they would see each other. He, oh, oh, he, he turns the other way. She looks the other way. It's like he's he's deep space high school. You know yeah. what else was fitting? Kira's dress. Oh, oh yeah, that was, oh, a, that was a great looking dress. I, is I this the return to Godzilla's dress? Death back, dress. Back in the day, you guys had boob gate, right? This was like the return to boob gate, the Klingon boob gate boob with the gate. open front. That was for the Klingon. Well, she was wearing a Klingon dress with the you know the big opening there, and I was like, oh, Kira wasn't, was she? No, um, Jadzia, when she goes for the ceremony at, at the oh, end. Oh, uh, the wedding ceremony. No, I'm yeah. a wedding, a, a bachelor party bachelor, dress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, gotcha. Hindu. I thought that was fun. But, you know, I actually thought the wharf ceremony shit was a bit boring. <laughs> well, it's it's wharf. Yeah, the, it, it had an amusing quality to it, but I think they just dwelled on it a little longer than they needed to. They could have just made that a very quick thing. Yeah, and I couldn't, I just could not get past, this is something the Klingons do with their best male friends. Where the fuck was Will Riker? Good point, good point. Yeah. They needed a guest guest for this one. Would have been, It would have been very cool to actually see what Riker and Picard in there with them. Yeah, we didn't I mean, even, even if they've not brought Pit- Picard, who I know is his Chidacho or whatever it was called, but Riker deserves to be there. And, you know, they actually I went out of their way to, 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 to name check C- Captain Shelby. Yeah, apparently that was a cock-up. Um, Ron Moore did not know that Pocketbooks had promised Shelby to Peter David for New Frontier. Mm-hmm. And so when he put that line in, apparently he had to make a phone call to Pocketbooks and apologize. <laughs> and Peter David just wrote in one of his novels that there was a, a another Shelby in Starfleet that was no relation, which seems to be an easy fix. But for I... all intents and purposes, yes, it was meant to be Elizabeth Shelby. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Well, she could have been on that ship and then transferred over to the, uh, what is it? What is, what is the, the other? Excalibur. Yeah, but Excalibur, she couldn't have been captain it. of it. Mm-hmm. No, because that, yeah, that one guy mm-hmm. is, uh, I can't think of his name. Alun. Yeah. I haven't read those. Well, anyway, ever? None oh, of them. Right. I think I, think yeah, I right have some, that. but there's like a couple I'm missing, so I don't want to start it and then have to pause and go f- try to find it. Uh, I, I don't know. I'll have it's to see really which ones good. I still have. It's- it's a really good series, and I'm surprised they've not carried on with it. I don't know why they stopped doing that, because they were really good. Calhoun is in the Star Trek Online game as well. He's he's actually, I think he's on Deep Space Nine. No, or he's on K7, the K7 space station from Trouble to Tribbles, which looks nothing like it did on anyone. <laughs> what did we think of uh, Alexander in this one? Okay, right. he's a Klingon, so he's got Klingon physiology. I don't really think the heat should have really bothered him as much as... I, I thought that was kind of like, well, come on. He shouldn't be bothered that much by the heat. Granted, he doesn't have the training, but I don't know. He was I, kind I, of just there. As we said in the last time when he appeared, I thought that the current incarnation of Alexander was a misstep. So I was happy in this episode they didn't really focus on him all that much. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't think he adds anything to the proceedings. No, they've, they've wrote him out pretty quickly as well. Probably better that way. He wasn't as annoying in this one, though. Because they didn't focus on him that much. Yeah. I think I, I suspect that they saw in the prior episode that he was in that it was kind of a failure and said, you know, what can we do to change this? I like the whole bloodletting ceremony thing where everybody else takes one step back and Bashir's like, what? what Doctor, I am surprised. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> oh, okay. I liked uh, Lita in the in the fire the fireman scene. Yeah. My God, Rom's getting some tonight, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I, I hope so. Either that or the Samoans getting some. I love that he was a, a, a lieutenant on a ship somewhere that can do this. So Jesse has drafted him in so she can pull him off the front lines of the war, but Commander Riker can't make an appearance. <laughs> well, sometimes it is easier to move a pawn than it is a, uh, you know, like a knight or a king. Uh, you know, that didn't make any sense. Because actually knights and bishops can move much more across the board. But you know what I meant. It, it might be easier to get s- someone of a lower rank than someone of a higher rank, you know, to to do a favor. But mm-hmm. you would think for Worf's wedding that Riker would have been there. Somebody from the Enterprise, other than Chief O'Brien, O'Brien <laughs> you know, who's already stationed yeah, cause, there. Because would you consider Worf and Dr. Bashir to be good friends? No, no. They're friends because they're both parts of the same cast on the show. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. And they were, so they were walking around for most of the show with these sticks from the gong show. <laughs> the only thing missing was Mean Gene the Dancing Machine. Mean Gene the Podcasting Machine. And JP Morgan. Aldo coming in saying we've been getting complaints about the noise. Piss off, you fun sponge. What? Oh, <laughs> I thought you said you got an email. <laughs> Somebody kind of says, there's a lot of noise in the show. What? Oh, yeah. And Kira's like, well, by my order, the noise will continue. <laughs> basically continue. Okay. Nothing like throwing around your rank there. That's all right. Yeah, one would have thought she would have just invited her neighbors. Oh, why? Are they not doing it in Quarks? Because yes, Quarks right, was set up for the wedding. Oh, oh yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't do both, could they not, in Quarks? That'd be a little weird. Got it. Why couldn't they just go up to a holodeck? Yeah, go to a holosuite. Then you don't trash your, 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 your room. How many people can you fit in a hollow suite? Even though it's made to appear as, much as, larger than it is. As many well, people true. as the plot demands. Yes. I mean, because technically, uh, a hollow suite, if it's just one person, it could literally be the size of a closet, just as long as you have room to run in place or yeah, move I'm picturing, around. I'm picturing a, a hollow suite is about the size of a walk-in closet or a small office, you know, but not you know, not a room where you'd put a whole party of people. Right. It would appear that you'd have a whole party of people. I mean, it was pretty big on the Enterprise. You could probably get about... Yeah, the Enterprise was like a school gymnasium. This nah, is... it wasn't that big. No. Yeah, it was about that big. That's what... It, that's You know what? When they turn, when they would turn off the program and you'd see the, yeah, Tron, like, the Tron lights... It looked about the size like of your house, gymnasium. Paul. I would say. Ish. Maybe. So you're it saying would... I live in a hollow suite? Maybe. That's why you have that 75-foot TV. I mean, <laughs> inch. 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 <laughs> I, I wish. I was just... Anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the logistics that they got to play with sometimes on the show where, where they have to kind of do things to, you know, to fit the plot needs. Mm. You know, at some point I thought punching Sorella, like maybe she was actually trying to get, get I think I might have thought that the first time I watched this way back when, that Sorella was trying to infuriate her to get her to actually punch her and get angry like that was part of the Klingon ritual. I mean, you, I wouldn't put that, you know, that that would be some strange ritual 
that they would have that that they're trying to push you to be overly aggressive because mm. they're 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 Klingons. I think that would I would actually think that would be better if they had if they if they had written it that way. I think it would have been better. Yeah, as soon as she punched her, she's like, "It's about time you show some spine." Yeah, I I, I, I think that would have been a little bit more along the lines of what we need for the show the, to show that she was trying to be respectful, but that's not what Sorella wanted. Instead of your passive aggressive shit about my bloodline. Mm. I did way. like I did like the hangover scene where Walker uh, arrives at her apartment and the Samoan <laughs> Firewalker and Mom both leave. <laughs> and I love Mort, Wolf just looks at him and goes, "I'm not even going to ask." And the guy's terrified. Oh, you're a big strapping Samoan dude. Stand up for yourself. <laughs> yeah, but he was also hungover. <laughs> yeah. So look, there are some genuinely funny moments in this episode, but ultimately it's rather inconsequential. It is, you know, two characters getting married. But it, as as I said earlier, I, I feel like it's a uh, you know it, it's a what do you call it? it's a, a palate cleanser after a very intense six episodes. Mm-hmm. That's the way that's the way I'm viewing it. We pump yeah, the brakes. We that's clearly relax. what they intended to be. And then now you can go to other things and and focus on other things but in the meanwhile you had a kind of a fun somewhat sitcommy week mm-hmm. and I the think actual they, I, wedding ceremony was great I think oh, they, yeah i think they hit the right buttons in the episode for what they were doing the whole question i think is should they have done it and i'm going with yes and i don't know about you guys should yeah. they have gone with the tone or which part should should they have gone with this story at this point in the season yeah well, yeah, because there was the wedding was put on hold because of the war and everything. So, I mean, in they, fact, they weren't even was... they weren't going to even do it at all, except Alexander was there, mm. uh, and well, then Jesse approached. They're certainly not going to do the wedding in the seventh season. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a good time. <laughs> yes, true. I think <laughs> it was, I think it was a, a, a good time to do it, and I think that, like I said, I think after everything else that happened, I think this was a good tone for this time in the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely on board with it. I, I like the concept, just not the execution. Yeah. I don't mind the execution of it. Um, I think that the script itself is the problem. Mm-hmm. How they've well, handled that is fine. The actors are all doing their best with it. The dialogue's all great. I just think all the wedding shenanigans are a bit cliched. And especially seeing as they did this exact same thing with O'Brien. It's, it's almost to the point where it's the same script as I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So it's it's like maybe they could have done something a little more original than the wedding gets called off at the last minute. Boredom. But other than that, it's it's not it's not not fun to watch. It's not risible. It's not oh God. I want this to end. It's it is actually a fun way to spend forty five minutes. It's not move along home, is what you're saying. <laughs> I love move along home. Be gone, sir. Alamarain. <laughs> <sighs> but I mean, there's there's not a lot of depth to this. Um, you know, I, I'm just, you know, going back to the to the uh, Klingon bachelor party as opposed to the bachelorette party. Uh, I think that the guy should have known better. <laughs> you know, when when they were saying, "Oh, it's like a bachelor party," and Wolf was like, "Well, I guess." And I think they should have known. No, Klingons don't do things like that. Well, yeah, do they not have Google in Star Trek? <laughs> they have O'Brien, who was there when Worf celebrated his birthday with paint sticks. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that would have been the first. Uh, inclination so you know it's like the hey siri what's a klingon wedding like it'd be the first thing that you ask wouldn't it if you had a brain <laughs> well, you're yeah. hanging from the uh the thing i'm 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 having a vision 
I'm gonna kill Worf. Kill Worf. Kill Worf. <laughs> uh, the little scene between Martark and Wolf, Wolf, Worf, with um, uh, the discussion about Sorella, and uh, and and he says, "Well, you know, she really didn't want to bring you into the family either. She just doesn't really like you either." Yeah, I thought that was good when he was like, "Maybe I should speak to her." Well, she doesn't really like you either. I thought that was great. He's, and, mm. and then Martok's all defensive. I had every right to bring you into our family, and she's accepted. There's nothing she could do about that. The wharf is like, mm, how comforting. And they say you have no sense of humor. <laughs> I also, I like, with the exception of Lursa and Betor before this episode, they did kind of minimalize the role of women in Klingon culture a lot. You know, you had the episode with, with Quark marrying the, the Klingon woman, and you had, uh, uh, I guess, Alexander's mother. But I don't feel like they did as much with that as they could have. And now I think, you know, showing that she, she you know, that there is a little bit of a matriarchy going on, that, that you know, as far as personal matters, the, the, the mother kind of rules the roost. I, I kind of like that they gave that, you know, some play as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just totally marginalized. They, they have an important role to play in, in their society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like that the the wedding. Perhaps the bachelors uh, isn't just fighting with each other because ultimately it does seem to be that all we see of the Klingons is the warrior side. But there has to be Klingon versions of librarians and Klingon versions of teachers and Klingon versions of people that don't just fight all the time. Yeah, you would think at least. So it's nice. Otherwise, to see the society that, couldn't hold up. Yeah, so it's nice to see that the bachelor party wasn't that. Now, it sounds to me like we don't have a lot more to say, though. No, I can't think we've uh, we've exhausted this one because there's not really a lot to it. It's almost like we're hungover. <laughs> we're trying to do some weird meerkat Ferengi dance. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can see I mean, me doing the little motions. Cisco and Jadzia's moment where he goes and talks her around and then she hugs him is sweet. But again, it's it's the character. The character stuff is all fine in this episode. It's the actual story that's a bit crap. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I, I didn't even think it was crap. I just thought it was, you know, I, I, I would have liked, as I said, I would I, I think uh, you hit it correctly. I would have liked for the resolution of the Jadzia issue, you know, where, you know, she had said something like, yes, you know, finally you're showing some backbone instead of the other way around. And but that would have been. Yeah, that's really like my only complaint. I think it is what it is. It's not a very deep and meaningful episode, but it's kind of fun, and I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm fine with that as well. So, that said, why don't we rate it? Uh, I was just looking over uh, some, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. That said, Truly. why don't we rate it? <laughs> well, this is this will be the last appearance of Alexander Roshenko. On uh, shame. Bye bye. Yeah. Jedi is uh, three hundred. The Daxamid is three hundred fifty-six years old. And, oh, the chime to Worf's room is the same as Picard's chime to his ready room in TNG. But isn't Worf's room on the Defiant? So wouldn't it be like a standard Federation yeah. chime? Yeah, flips on the Defiant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really not a. I mean, I guess you could maybe. You could probably, you know, computer, change chime on room to Big Ben chime. Bong. Yeah, I presume you can personalize your backgrounds. Yeah. Anytime anybody rings the bell, I would hear, like, Darth Vader's breathing. <laughs> that's that's just me, though. We don't have any more comments about Jadzia's dress at the wedding? <laughs> certainly was um, eye-opening. I, uh, I, I think I need to back that up about ten seconds. And again. And again. 
And again, and I'm done. Oh, sorry. So, are we going to rate this episode? I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to put it below average. Ooh. But not... Ooh. I, it might be... Yeah, I'm going to go two. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't see that coming. Really? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in after that, and I'm going to say I thought it was perfectly acceptable, enjoyable to watch. I didn't think it was a superlative episode, but I thought it was kind of fun, and I'm going to give it a three. Uh, yeah, I was going to go along the line of three as well. And my dog just came in. Oh, sorry. And your little dog, too. <laughs> so three, uh, f- uh, what would it be? Three, uh, three more chest bumps? Three stars. <laughs> just be real dull, and I, and and it's it's almost like it should get another half a point just for having more do a chest bump, but I'm going to leave it where it is. I think that's how it got to the three to begin with. Mm. I mean, it's your rating. I don't know why I'm criticizing. I'm not sure. I'm going to rate your rating. Uh, I'm going for three as well. It's perfectly enjoyable. The execution of it is perfectly fine. Everyone seems to be having a good time, and the dialogue is very genuinely funny in places. I just felt the actual plot was really cliched, and and we've done it before, and not that long ago. Remember when this show started and and Paul was the one that always gave the lowest grades? (laughs) He's mellowed as he's got older. That's what it is. Say hello to Dave. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) The new Dr. No. So that's what we said about it, but what did Blaine say? Blaine says, Blaine, Blaine says, Blaine, 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 Blaine says, Blaine says. Wow, and I was going to do like a Bond thing, but nope, I'll save that for later sometime. I was going to do, like, Thunderbomb. Blaine says... Why are you wasting it? It's not going to work on it. Next time. Oh, wait. What does Blaine say first? Blaine says, Hi, guys. Another Klingon-heavy episode, but a surprisingly fun one. Maybe it just seems that way coming out of the six-parter that led to this, or maybe the banter actually works. I got a genuine belly laugh out of Bashir's vision of the future and quite enjoyed seeing Cisco talk Dax back into getting married. It's been too long since we saw their friendship mean more than an old man nickname. I'm also liking Martok more and more. Every time I see him, very enjoyable. Once more. Blaine. See? Blaine agrees. You guys are stupid. <laughs> I'm the only one that rated it low. Well, then you're stupid. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> Uh, you know I don't mean that. Do I? Come back to us. <laughs> don't worry, Dave. I sometimes say the same thing. Really? Do really? <laughs> anyway, I got feelings, you know. That's that's it for this time. What are we doing next time? Next time, an all new episode of Listen to the Prophets. We're resurrecting the Mirror Universe. She loved him once. It can't be. But when Kira's dead lover appears to be resurrected... Security, we have a hostage. I don't think Boral ever intended to hurt me. Falling for him again could be fatal. You're refusing to press charges. Is this Mirror Universe double? I'm a thief. Orchestrating the ultimate double cross. Think of it, the wealth, the power. On the next Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Hey, but who are we going to resurrect with it? Vadik Baral. Yay! <laughs> I don't th- I'm not sure that would get a yay from anyone. But, he, but he's he's not a Vedic. He's just Baral. 
Spoilers, dude. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody yeah. listen in next time to see what we think of that one. Oh, oh okay. God. No, no, no. I, you know God, what? I have, no. <laughs> frankly, I haven't done my rewatch of it yet, so I don't know. I, I may rewatched it a couple of weeks ago, and I was just like, Stop trying to stop trying to influence me. I may like it. No, that was going in after as it, I don't know. We'll 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 see next time on a brand new episode of Block of Wood. <clears throat> All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Listen to the prophets at Deep Space Nine podcast is a two true freaks presentation. It is hosted by Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. The music and sound clips used in the show are copyright CBS and Paramount Entertainment. If you'd like to buy stuff from Amazon, and who doesn't, why not drop by the twotruefreaks.com website, where if you click the little link that we have there, it will take you straight through that site, and whilst it won't cost you any extra, we'll put a few shekels in our tip jar, which helps create content like this. We very much hope you enjoyed listening to The Prophets. Every episode is dedicated to the memory of our pal, Sean Engel. We're so sorry, Gold Ducat. That you're going to tell everybody sorry anyway. <laughs> Wait, I'll have to work on that one. <laughs> hey, for a riff, that wasn't at all bad. I think we were, we were quite good, though. The emissary oh. came to me. We couldn't get a birth, or we couldn't get the sea. So we had this plot of course to go to Deep Space Nine, to Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. We couldn't get the wormhole, so we went to Deep Space Nine. Hey! <coughs> Excuse me. Hands across the quadrant. Hands across the sky. Huh? Huh? What do you think? What do you think? No? No? Uh, that's excellent.